0: Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you, I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you, you can do the same. Let's get rolling. Uh, So today on the Kindling Fire, I'm in Berlin, Germany with a very special couple that I'm getting to know, uh, David and Carrie Campbell. that right yes that is correct I'm always like double checking you got it it. so um so thank you so much for for taking a little bit of time with me to to have this conversation so um first off uh tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing in, in Berlin Germany
1: yeah so um a number of years ago, we were really uh, interested in missions, wanted to be involved in missions. And the Lord told us, He really gave us a heart for uh, two things. One, He said that we would go to Europe, and He said that we would work with Muslims. That was really all we knew. Uh, so we came here uh, three and a half years ago, kind of before the, uh, the refugee crisis came, mm-hmm understanding that this was this was our call this is where we were supposed to work and you know a lot of people thought we were a little bit silly why do you go do that why germany and then shortly after we got here this is when the, the refugee um i guess crisis happened and uh we found ourselves in the middle of uh, ministering to refugees so uh the lord positioned us here and that's what we've been doing and been been a great Blessing. Man,
0: mm-hmm. that's, that's, I love God's forethought. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's now forethought to him. So, uh, what about you? Did you sense the same thing?
2: So, my story is I thought that missions, um, Fred, I thought missions equaled an orphanage or Africa okay. or something like that. And when David said that the Lord was speaking um, Islam and uh, Europe, that didn't really match what I thought missions was, okay. um, and so. But I trust that my husband hears from the Lord, right? Yeah. And um, and I wanted to follow the Lord, and so I had a moment in Texas and crying out to God, saying, "Really, really, Islam and Europe? Um, I don't feel equipped for that. I don't right now have a heart for that." Mm. And I thought that you were calling me to orphans,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I do. I feel really comfortable ministering to kids, um, and so I was literally crying, and the Lord was like, "These are orphans, and they're my kids, and I want them." And so I, I really, in a moment, the Lord changed my heart for, um, for the people who are. For Muslims, I guess we'll say that. And I didn't I don't see them now as Muslim men or Muslim women. I see them as dads and moms, kids, mm-hmm. sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, grandpas, grandmas. Friends. Friends, <laughs> friends. they're our friends. Yeah. Yeah. So they that's really how are. my They're amazing. Journey people.
0: Started. <laughs> so um, one of the reasons I was really keen on, on talking with you guys is Uh, First off, you have a family, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, How many kids?
2: We have three kids. Emma's 14 and a half. Jacob's almost 13. And Ben will be nine in December.
0: Yep. So um, I actually am uh, am kind of interested in uh, messing up people's lives in a good way, Mm -hmm. in in a godly way. And you guys, um, uh, so you weren't in ministry prior to this, or were Mm -hmm. you? Okay, so let's... Can we back up to that point yeah. uh, of um, what are you doing, you know, yeah. in Texas, and, and how, did, where was, how did this all start to germinate? Yeah, I...
2: Before we had kids, I was a retinal surgeon's assistant. Then we had kids, and I was a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. In Texas.
1: Yeah, and before this, I was selling uh, business analytics software to hospitals. Okay. So, yeah,
2: it's. And so
0: then, what was going on in in y'all's life where um, where this was stirring? Like, did you guys have a heart for missions or for ministry, part <laughs> meeting each other? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was something that even before we met, before we got got married, I knew that God had a call on my life and mm-hmm. and you know just from my upbringing my background uh, I was under the impression that if I was serious about the Lord I would have two options I could be a pastor or I could be a missionary, a missionary yeah. um, and I was interested in neither of those and those kept me running from the Lord for a long time um, but, but it you was felt like
0: that was your only categories yeah
1: I felt like that was all
0: I had that was the only thing well, that I, I could feel that. Yeah, you know, when they feel like, well, you know, if I feel this calling, then this is what's going to happen. And if you're from the north, it's like I got to be a priest, or I guess <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <It's true. laughs> I'm already married, so, so that's true. out of question. Yeah. Or I got to be a missionary, and I don't want to go to Africa. Yes, yeah. so true. It's, uh, that's the devil's big trick.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I thought that uh, that would be my life, uh, yeah. but really, he began to to change that, and and part of that came from. Uh, Just like an intense desire to know Him. I I was really hungry to know the Lord. I wanted, like it was something that I came from a kind of a a background that would say that if you want to know more of God, read more of the Bible. And so I really began to dig into uh, reading more of the Bible. I did a, a Bible reading plan for close to 10 years of a minimum of 10 chapters a day. And the thing was, is I was reading a ton of scripture. I was reading biographies. I was reading theology books. And the thing is, is I was just still hungry, still hungry, and I didn't know what to do. And uh,
0: so, so let me stop you there. So basically, mm-hmm. knowledge wasn't satisfying it.
1: No, mm-hmm. not even close.
0: Now a lot of pe- a lot of people feel that it's mm-hmm. like I've been going to church a long time. I know a lot of truth. Yeah, I should just be. What's yeah. Up? It's good because yeah. there's more. There's like this
2: <laughs> epidemic of like thinking that the search for knowledge is is it. Yeah. And it's it, just a cycle that doesn't stop. It makes you it, hungrier. Yeah. It makes
1: sure. you hungrier because, you <laughs> know, Jesus it's, it's, said. Pseudo food. <laughs> Jesus said my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. Not my food is to know the will of the one who sent me, but to do it. Mm. And, and the thing is, is I had kind of been taught that my quiet time and my, uh, um, you know, time alone with Jesus is that's going to be the, how I'm fed. Or going to church and listening to good sermons or whatever is going to be how I'm fed. And Jesus said, well, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. And I thought, oh man! So I, I started just getting involved in how can I be outwardly focused, Um, and we didn't know what to do. So we just started going to this uh, um, silly thing, but it's basically a big truck stop on uh, I thirty five in Fort Worth, Texas, and we would go and just pass out tracks tell people about Jesus to the truckers, usually about 300 truckers that would come. And um, and it just, stepping out and advancing the gospel, there was, I knew that this wasn't it, but I knew that the more I engaged in that, the more it's was like, yeah, this is what I was meant for. This is what I was meant for. And I felt like... Um, probably what i was having was a a spiritual midlife crisis but,
0: but so how old were you at the time
1: uh well when we got married i was 31 um that was when we started doing our you know the that evangelism but i would say the hunger started about age of 27 okay something like that
0: okay yeah so what what about you? So how's the
2: storyline look from your perspective? Um, so as a stay-at-home mom, and I've got these three kids, and they don't leave. They're always around you. But and we always,
0: home they're always, actually, <laughs> my wife homeschool. My like, wife homeschooled. Yeah. They're
2: always hungry, and not, you know, um, <laughs> I don't like to stay inside. And I read in the scriptures about this abundant life, and I was like, where is that? I yeah. don't see it here. Yeah. Um, And so David talks about the truck stop ministry. We also joined a ministry that would go out on the streets in Fort Worth and Mm -hmm. serve the homeless people. And at first it was super uncomfortable because I had a baby that I was wearing Mm -hmm. and then a toddler and then one that was 21 months older than him, you know, and it's nighttime and we're just walking the streets, praying for people and sharing Jesus. But after about the third time of doing that, there was like, this real hunger, um, in my heart, like I couldn't wait until Friday yeah. so that we could go on the streets and the kids were super excited to like, no fear. Like they had no fear no. of going out. They, they didn't know like what yeah. to fear, yeah. you know? So for us, um, as a family, I think those times really yeah. proved to me, This is, this is like a glimpse of that abundant life. Like we felt when we would come home those nights after sharing the gospel or praying with people, we would feel alive Yeah, and we would feel fed and it was really good.
1: It was like you had sat down to the most elaborate, wonderful meal you'd ever had and you didn't know you were hungry. You didn't know you were hungry for that. And then you eat and you're just like, ah, this this is what my body was craving, yeah. and yeah.
0: So I've heard. I've. I, I mean, just recently I was just hearing somebody talk about how they were. When you when you know that you're doing the thing that the Lord has made you to do, it doesn't matter even if you're tired. Mm-hmm. That doing the very thing you're doing mm-hmm. energizes you. Absolutely. It it, it, it brings life to yeah. you. It brings. It yeah. it feels like you're being fed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Just this morning, uh, we got up met with some of our teammates at a different part in the city. It was super cold. It was dark. It was 6 a.m. didn't want to be out there in the cold. Um, But we're praying and you know we're out in the cold praying together. It's dark. We don't see anyone and ask the Lord, Lord, will you open our eyes to see who you put in front of us? Two guys from Syria just walk right up to us. We got to engage with them, begin a friendship, get to pray over them, um, you know, just have a a great conversation with them at six o'clock in the morning. And it was cold. It was uncomfortable. But it was one of those things like this is what I was made for. This is it. Like, I don't care. I don't care that I'm cold. I don't care that it's dark. I don't. It doesn't matter. All of that just kind of goes goes out because, yeah, this is what I was made for.
0: Back up to the time when you guys were just considering this adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's where a lot of people are. They're kind of in that that valley of decision. And and you've got fears and concerns. And now you're on the backside going, oh, God is faithful. God is (laughs) amazing. Mm -hmm. But back it up to that time when you were at that crossroads and kind of help people understand Your thoughts, what you were feeling, and how God helped you navigate.
2: So, I have a story. So, we both felt like God was calling us to do something. Um, We weren't quite sure what it was, Mm -hmm. but we were, my term is, we were sitting in a call. Yeah. We weren't doing anything but just sitting in it. And um, I read in the scriptures that Abram. Before his name was Abraham, so before he was a follower of the one true God, Mm -hmm. God said, Abram, get up and go to a place that I will show you. And in the morning, he got up and he went. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, while I call myself a follower of Jesus, Mm -hmm. I better be quicker at obedience than Abram was. And God's calling us to do something. And I'm just sitting here, you know? And so we talked through that and we were like, we can't sit here anymore. So we started taking steps. Yeah. Um, what does it look like to move? Internationally, or to you know, to a different continent. What does that look like, God? Where would you have us to go? David took a trip to South Sudan, thinking, "Is this it? Is this where you want us to go?" We looked into Spain. We looked into Turkey. There are many different situations that happened where we were like, "This is not the place." But we started to take steps. Was
0: the guidelines that the Lord had already kind of spoken something about Muslims and Islam, or no? He said,
1: "This was," and this is from my perspective. The wrestle was. The Lord was saying, "Go," and I kept asking, "Where?" He would say, "Go," and I'd say, "Where?" and "Go," and "Where?" and it just kept on. This you just felt this
0: go, go, yeah. go, and you're like, "Lord, you're frustrating me. Yeah. Tell,
1: me <laughs> tell me where. You I'll tell me go. where to go, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll go. Go, go." I'm I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's it's just the honest truth. I, I feel a little condescending in the way that I approach the Lord. But I said, "Okay, Lord, I can have a point, and I put my Finger on on the table, and I said, "If I'm at this point, I can go in 360 degrees. I'm willing to go wherever, but I just need you to tell me, give me a direction, and I'll head out that way." And the only answer he said was "go." And the thing was, and all of a sudden, at that point, I was like, "If we don't take a step in any direction," Once we start taking the step, he'll shape the path. But he's not going, like, he's got a lot more patience than I do. So he can wait me out. And he was like, I'm not telling you anything until you're obedient to what I said to do. Go. And that was when, you know, we were just like, okay, let's go. Let's try this. Then okay, that's not it, you know. Then we try. Oh yeah, that's not it either.
0: It sounds so much like God, and it sounds so frustrating. Yes, because it's sort of like it, I need I need to move you from from where you are to where you need to be, mm-hmm. and it takes it starts with the first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got and, it. And and so many people are like, but step. I don't want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't want to screw up. I don't want. I, 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 and they can kind of get in that analysis of par- paralysis of analysis. Absolutely. And, and the Lord's like, I, I need you to take the. Fr- I, I you got it. it. It sounds so much like Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a loving way. People yeah. feel that. It's like, well, He's not going to give me any direction. Yeah. He's just frustrating yeah. me, but the Lord's trying to actually give something. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, when we started uh, heading this wow. way, we said, you know, people would ask us, well, what are you going to do? And we had this plan, you know, here's yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, but now we <laughs> say that. Uh, the great theologian Mike Tyson used to say, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> and then you just start swinging. <laughs> like nobody, so you true. don't know what you're going to do. Like, just go. <laughs> so,
0: so back to, I, so you were kind of in the middle of kind of walking through the uh, feeling like, I don't even know where we left off, but I felt like you yeah. had more to say.
2: <laughs> Did I? I have a lot to say. She right. <laughs> Yeah, so we we actually did come here on a vision trip. It was um, during our spring break in March of maybe 2012. 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, It was miserably cold here. I'm from Texas, and I love warm, and I love the sun. And, um, and neither, which are neither look, look <laughs> around, only, not yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. And, uh, so I was like riding on a train one day and we we're thinking of the Chronicles of Narnia and we we're like, it's always winter and never Christmas here. <laughs> it just had that feeling, you know? And, um, so then I, I went on this, this journey with the Lord about joy and I had no joy, no joy in the idea of coming and living here. Um, now, were
0: your kids with you, or was it just y'all?
2: They story? were with us, okay. and they actually loved it. They loved it because they did saw it? snow for, like, the first time. Not the first time, but they real you, snow. saw real snow. And uh, they were super sweet in giving them, like, just a love for the city, mm-hmm. these people.
0: Um, and did you go? who did you go on the vision trip with, or you just went by yourself? Just we went anything. with
2: some friends. Okay. There were yeah. some friends. So but
0: right. it wasn't an organized... In okay, the organization. Yeah. Was just sort
2: of I was actually before we did our DTS, DTS mm-hmm. in Kona.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. So the uh, so we're gonna yeah we're definitely gonna go there because you're doing a youth with the mission discipleship training school at the age of when did you guys do that?
2: Uh, the <laughs> well, year that I turned too. forty.
0: Yeah, there you go. I yeah.
1: love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah.
0: So the, all right, so you, so you, what about, so it doesn't sound like you had, you had more, it, felt, it sounded like from you, you had more of the conviction of the Lord is needing movement from us. Yep. Then f- did you have fears about, well, what about this? Or what about that? or What about that? So you just felt deeper, deeper conviction of that. I, I need to move.
2: Yeah. I didn't moving. really have fear. Okay. Um, at that time in my life, I had before, but not from, not for missions, but, uh, no, I didn't have fear. I just, I felt strongly we had to be obedient to the Lord. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then you're not getting clear direction. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> and so then you're just like, well, Lord... So it sounds like the Lord was prompting you guys, take steps, take steps. Mm-hmm. And then you guys just started to engage. Yep.
2: We did. We did.
0: And then what did you find along the way? What did you find well, you found okay. along the
1: way So, yeah... It, I had very little, uh, because again, my background, I didn't have a uh, concept of the prophetic word or anything of this nature. And uh, so we knew we wanted to be involved in, you know, something epic that the Lord is doing. You just got, you know, this, you grow up thinking, um, man, I want to, I want to do something awesome, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was going to be. And, uh, you know, this guy contacts me out of the blue and he said, you know, by email, he said, our team has been praying and, you know, we feel like the Lord is going to use you to uh, to launch a, a movement of the gospel out of Berlin flowing into the nation, starting with immigrants. Okay.
0: Whoa.
1: I was like, thank you. I don't know you, but... <laughs>
2: So. We had no friends in common. David was just like, I have no idea. What like this
0: was like totally out of the blue. Totally out of the blue. Totally of the blue. And did, you have a, did you even believe in that kind of stuff?
2: No, at he the did time? not. I, like. You didn't. I, I didn't it. believe it, I
1: it. I, but I didn't understand like the way his wording. He <laughs> didn't come across as thus says the Lord, you're going right. to do this. It was a lot more gentle than that. And I was just like, well, that's a weird suggestion for a guy to make. You know?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, I totally, which is pr- very prophetic, but <laughs> if you don't have that context, you're just like, you just kind of like stepped into my yard and I, yeah, I, I oh, let like, you in. Yeah. so <laughs> true. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I'm true. Like, okay. <laughs> well, that's cool. So that was, so you kind of, what, journal that or you just like, that's,
2: huh? He just kind of dismissed him.
0: I did. I just totally <laughs> oh, dismissed him. your going to get honest, dear? Yeah.
2: You yeah, <laughs> <true. He> did. <laughs> And then months later.
0: Months
1: later we were doing the because we're still stirred. So we're doing this uh, class called Perspectives on the World Christian Movement. I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know it. We're off the winner. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. so we were doing yeah. that. And we yeah, had that to wreck you.
2: While I'm <laughs> homeschooling these three kids yeah. reading this giant textbook. Yeah, yeah, that thing is huge.
1: Yeah. So we had to create <laughs> this right. this missions plan. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. What are we gonna do? And I still have it, it's still cooking in the back of my mind. I dismissed the guy but that idea is cooking in the back of my mind and so it was carrie myself in this he's a, uh he's one of the pastors in our church like hey why don't we uh why don't we just work together on this project and we'll create reaching uh these people in berlin
0: mm-hmm. so just we let's just say let's just say so <laughs> I'm like
1: okay so we write up this plan like I really think there's something here like this is this is exciting you know mm-hmm. and uh and this is
0: prior to i'd love the timing of this because there is no crises no of any immigrant thing no going on okay
2: there, there was no. wasn't I love that we knew of so good
0: god is so good he is
2: <laughs> it's amazing
1: yeah and so we're you know right there you know write this out and think man there may be something to this and i remember i'm sitting in my office and again i don't have a context of God speaking to me yet?
0: Okay. ex So, so, so what, what is your background? Is a Baptist? Baptist, it? yeah. I, I should get I actually away.
2: had a concept. We, we come she from did, a yeah. different... Yeah. Okay.
0: yeah. But she, he was your good old Texas Baptist. Yes, <laughs> I really, yeah.
2: Pastor's boy.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, even more so. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So I, I just really didn't have <laughs> a, a framework for this. And I'm like, Lord... I really want to be involved in something like, like I've got this document, we haven't turned it in yet. And I said, Lord, could I possibly be involved in something like this? And he said, go check your email. And I go back to the email that the guy sent me. And so I was like, dude, it's been here the whole time. Like I reread the email like this is exactly what I've been asking for. And so I just, I sent the guy a message and I was like, hey, if we'd like to talk to you a little bit more about this, if the, the way I worded it was, if there's still a position on your team, we'd certainly like to, to explore this. He writes back. He goes, you don't understand. There is no team. He said, you're supposed to build it. (laughs) What?
2: Okay.
0: So, yeah, here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Hey, I want to take a quick break in the conversation and talk to you about coming alongside David and Carrie Campbell. You know, they were sent out from their home church, which is the Villa Church in Flower Mound, Texas. And that's just like Paul with Antioch being sent out into the nation to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations that do not know. You know, God had put it in the Campbell's heart long before there was ever a Syrian refugee crisis to reach Muslims out of a European country. God uh, called them, they, they, they moved to Berlin, and then the Syrian refugee crisis happened. And, and they begin to proclaim the gospel, and revival has broken out. So many Muslims are coming to know Jesus Christ. And this is so rare when missionaries are going into Islamic countries proclaiming the gospel. It is harder territory. But God had something in mind, and he set the Campbells to 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 follow out his will. That's one side of the amazing stuff that they're doing. The other side of what they're doing is they're, they're pouring into the next generation of leaders and pastors and missionaries. And I think at this stage, they have somewhere between 10 to 20 full-time Folks in Berlin that are serving alongside of the Campbells, uh, proclaiming the gospel to, to Muslims um, that, are, that have felt called. So God is not only uh, reaching Muslims, but he is building an amazing uh, strategic base for the gospel out of Berlin through the Campbells' life. All that being said, please go to their website, PrayForBerlin.org. PrayForBerlin.org. There you can find out how to become one of their monthly supporters. And during this holiday season, think about how you can give and invest into the kingdom of God and consider the Campbells as those that you would invest in for them to further in what God is going to do through them and through the, the folks that have joined them. Uh, thanks so much. Let's go back to the podcast so you you basically go back and say okay the lord's been speaking this to me yeah and 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 then he returns to you and basically says well you're supposed to build it which even requires more faith which i love yeah and and so then what do you where does it go from there like
2: so we felt like we needed to be trained as a family because you know that's what you do you get trained and then more training and more training That's a different story. Um, so, um, you want to feel like you're prepared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we went to, well, it goes,
1: it kind of goes back to remember, uh, our neighbors. Um, I was like reading these accounts of like, uh, uh, George Mueller and and guys like that. And, and it's like, Oh man, I really want to live like that. That'd be awesome. And, uh, and then they brought out these two books, both of them by Lauren Cunningham. One was, Is That Really You, God? And the other is, Daring to Live on the Edge. Mm. And I was like, I was really... It really hit me that people can hear the voice of God. And that that He's speaking and He's intimately leading people. And that... and Because I had pre- prior to this, back during the days when it's like, go... Where you know, when we're yeah, having yeah. that conversation. Um, I, I would say to the Lord, I will do anything. I will lower my head and run through the wall as long as I know it's you telling me. I just want to know it's you. And so that was, at least for me, that was where the idea of a DTS, you know, uh, uh, knowing God and making Him known, yeah. that, that was where we really wanted to be crystal clear that we can hear the voice of God and obey Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and do it as a family like it's not just dad says to do this this is all of us we're all in this together we're all hearing God is not speaking one thing to one and a different thing to another we're all on the same page Um, we just we were silly enough to believe that that can happen but we wanted we needed some practical guidance Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Yeah. and and Amen. Because there's certainly a certain, uh, and I've been guilty of this as well, it's like, wow, the Lord's going to give me guidance, right? Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. like, no. The Lord's going to guide you through your kids, through your wife, through you, through others. There's going to be times. Just be open to how the Lord's going to guide you. Yeah.
1: He's very creative in the way he
0: communicates. Yes, he is. So so you guys, uh, so the uh, Lord's totally setting y'all up but it's all it, it's goodness so you come to the doorway of saying it sounds like a DTS might be a good choice
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah so we signed we applied
1: we applied yes
2: we applied to do a DTS There, are not all of them except families so mm-hmm. we did the one in Kona Hawaii um, and we were accepted yeah. so David um, quit his job
0: Okay,
2: this is big. This
0: is so big. <laughs> this is oh, so this big. As a side note. Yeah.
2: As a side note, what was the date?
1: D- uh, n- November, no, December 15th would have been the last day I got a paycheck.
2: Yeah, so we'll say that. So
0: let's just say that's the moment of putting your head down and going in that direction. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So now I'm not receiving a paycheck. And so wait, wait, and wait, your- wait, we just time out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So going back to that, how are, how are you... Like, how are you doing in the midst of that decision? Like, where's so the good? I
1: don't think she ever does. I don't think she struggles with that
2: stuff. <laughs> I, no, I mean, it is, you know, I have a friend who was like, hey, when was it that you learned how to trust God fully with your finances? And I mm-hmm. was like, it was the day that David quit his job. Yeah. If yeah. you really want to know, it was the day that David quit his job. Mm-hmm. Something really big hap- happens, yeah. you know? I mean, we're... we're Americans we were Texas people we were established we had family we you know all that stuff mm-hmm. and then we had to make a radical a risky like move yeah. in order for us to kind of say God like what where's my faith I want to know where my faith is mm-hmm. here so David quit his job and we now,
0: leading up to that point,
2: yeah. Sorry to keep no I, but this, it's people good people
0: stuck on this point okay. as they're trying to step into what the will of the Lord may be Yes. especially if it costs mm-hmm. right it's great if the will of the Lord is freebie and it's all easy and then yeah. it just doesn't seem like that's the doorway God leads through sure. uh-huh. he leads you through you know do you trust me mm-hmm. yeah um, so so you've read Lauren Cunningham's book you've been accepted there's still like value issues in there right yeah so, yeah. so are you guys are like I mean, you're just on the same page saying, yeah, we feel like it's Lord encouraging you with anything else. Because I yeah. feels like sometimes when you're up against decision points, the Lord will increase the encouragement or, or maybe not. And it's like, it's totally up to you. So, so I'm trying to for me, see God's dynamic right before that that doorway.
2: Yeah, it's good.
1: I lived under constant fear that everything's going to fall apart. Like financially. That, financially. That was, that was the world that I lived in, and it was no matter how much money I made, what level I climbed to corporately, it never got better, ever. And, um, and I remember having—like, I had—I knew that the Lord said—he spoke to me out of, uh, out of the life of David, and, and King David said— Far be it from me to sacrifice something to the Lord that costs me nothing, and I knew that when I step out, I'm going to be on the top. I'm not going to be. It's not going to be that my job's falling apart or anything. Like I'm going to walk away when things are really good, and I was I I was on the verge of closing a deal that, the, the contract signing bonus would have carried us for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I w- I knew that, that this is, you know, I thought, I kept saying, "I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on." And we had this deal wrapped up. I mean, down, everything was buttoned up. And all I needed was signatures. That was all I needed. And, it, and then we would get to that point, and then there would be one tweak, one word in the contract. And once it goes, once you alter the contract, at all, it all has to go back through an approval process on both sides. So
2: I was like, so basically, it couldn't get closed.
1: It couldn't it get could not closed. close. This deal. And uh, I sat down with my boss on uh, right before Thanksgiving holiday of uh, 2013, and I said, I need to, I need to step out, and I said. God has been calling us uh, to be missionaries. We're gonna move to Berlin, Germany. We're gonna go do a DTS in Kona, Hawaii, and I need to step out. And he was so, he was so kind. He's like, man, I so admire what you're doing. He goes, We're so close on this deal. We're so close. And I told him, like, look, you have been with me through this whole thing. You know everything about this deal that I know. I'm giving it up. He goes, if you quit, you get nothing from it. And I'm like, I know it. I have to step out. And he goes, all right. Well, he said, you've got a couple of weeks of vacation coming. So he said, why doesn't, why don't you make December 15th your last official paycheck? We'll see if we can get this closed in those two weeks and then you'll, you'll at least get it. I was like, that's great. But I I knew that this was, I was going to put this on the altar and it was done. So
0: many men would would be at that point going, okay, And when it comes through, then I, quote, have enough faith to do this. Because now I see the next two years, or I have a financial road, or I have a, basically, I don't need to, Lord, you don't need to do anything, I got it. Or this is your provision, which is not unlike, God can do that too. Totally. But But everybody's got their journey, and so it sounds like the Lord was like, obey me.
1: But at that point, we we had had $307 of committed monthly support.
2: For missions. That, for missions. I love it. And uh, for a family of five, it wasn't enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but the interesting thing was after the conversation with my boss in which I said, I'm out, all of the anxiety that I'd been living with for 20 years, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Like, I would have never... Like, I have less money, less position, less of everything, but I also have way less anxiety. <laughs> yeah. It was gone.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah. So. That's
0: the Lord's provision. So let's actually talk about that. So you guys make, so I assume you go to the January DTS? We did. Yep. Okay. 2014. So, so the timeline between I have $300 in support mm-hmm. to January, What? how does the Lord end up... Providing. Well, yeah, um, so
2: God is so amazing. And we were like, so, you know, we have a house in Texas. We yeah. still have a house in Texas, but we didn't know. Do we sell our house? Do we rent our house? What do we do right. with this? There's very practical things that yeah, you have sure. to think about. And so we started praying about that and got a call from a friend who runs um,
1: Christian ministry. a Christian
2: ministry. And he said, hey, what are you going to do with your house whenever you guys move to Germany? We said, we're just praying about that now. He said, as part of compensation for our um, employees, we provide housing, and the house that these guys are currently living in is sold now, and they need a place to live. Would you consider renting your house out to these Christian men? And we were like, yes, uh, yes, amen. We might consider (laughs) that. We would. We loved our neighborhood, all of our neighbors. um, We had told all of our neighbors about Jesus. It was really important for us not to just give the house away because we had made such an investment like spiritually in that neighborhood. And so to have these men come in and carry that on was a gift from the Lord. So little things like that kept playing out. So they needed to come at the end of November, but we're not leaving. Until January, so our family of five moved in with my granny. Yeah, oh, in Hearst, Texas,
1: it was just until
2: January, and that was really sweet.
1: It was awesome, and uh, like we had just a little bit of money put by where we we paid for the lecture phase of you know, so there's three months, so we we paid that something around. For a family of five, it was around $18,000. Yeah, I was gonna say it's yeah. about fifteen. Yeah, Yeah. So, uh, man, and then we're going along, so we're, we're covered for about three months. That's food, housing, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And then February 4th, there was a Saturday, the guy knocks on my door from our class and he says, Hey, are the school leaders giving you, like, asking you about the money for outreach? we needed another $17,500 for outreach fees right. for our family of five.
0: Yeah.
1: i like, no, uh, no one said anything. And he's like, "Hmm, well, they're asking me. And I'm like, I don't know. So he leaves and I go into this little bathroom in, in the little, uh, house that we're in, or not house, but the little room room that we're in, Kona, slide the door closed. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing to me? I'm so like, what are we going to do? Like, we have no money. And like, I'm just panicking for a second. And then I take a deep breath and the Lord just whispers, David, are you in trouble? And I thought, well, Not at the moment, but February (laughs) 28th is coming, and I don't have the money. I don't know where to get it. We can't. Like, what are we going to do? And all he said is, when you need it, it will be there. And at that point, all of a sudden, faith comes in, and all the panic leaves. Okay. We go, and literally on February 28th, I wake up, and... I check our missions account, and it's not there. And I know that the database resets at midnight the night before, but this is in midnight in Texas. Mm -hmm. So we're, what, five, seven hours behind?
0: Right.
1: And it had not reset, or it hadn't updated, so the money wasn't coming in that day. And my heart sunk. And just... On a, I I decided to check our bank account, which I haven't checked in a while, because you don't need to look at a zero (laughs) too often, to you know. Hundred
0: bucks. Yeah. So so
1: he said, you know, I check our account, and that night had been direct deposited from a company that I had worked for years ago. So there's a big software installation had been installed, and I had quit. So like I had. Like, I wasn't owed the, the installation money, right. and um, what happened was it had somehow, I guess, installed after three or four years, and then um, they just direct deposit. They, weren't, they didn't owe me the money, and it covered all of the money that we needed uh, for outreach. And more. Yeah, and a little more, yeah. <laughs> so people
0: love those stories. They yeah. don't want to live those stories.
2: Yeah, but uh, they do. You
1: do want to live do. that story.
2: So, it's, I mean,
1: I, yeah. I,
0: I say it's so that in true. tongue-in-cheek. It's true. They do. They, yeah. And I think what God wants to provide that, he wants to provide, show his character yeah. and provision but we don't give him a chance. Yeah. yeah. Because of the anxiety. I can totally relate to that whole fun. Oh, no, it's going to, everything's going to come to ruin, even when you have it.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's so true. And it's like, yeah. Lord,
0: the Lord just It's like we
2: say with like our mouths all day long, God is provider, God is provider. But for, you know, that season, I was like, really, David's provider. Like, yeah. he's the one that had the job. He's the one. I had more faith in David's boss writing a check than I did in the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be straight.
2: That's it. Like it.
1: it but really, God
0: is God is faithful. Mm, it's true. He, he can provide. I just love that. He's
2: and He's an abundant provider. It's like,
1: true. Yeah, because uh, well, we paid our our outreach fees, and then that last month in Kona, we we hadn't had a car while we were there, so we like <laughs> rented a car. We're like, yeah, we're living. In a, we
2: rented a car. We're for a month in Kona, Hawaii.
0: Yeah. So you and you guys get to see the island. We yes. got to see the island. Yeah, turtles. Yeah, the Lord when He <laughs> provides, He's He's an
1: abundant provider. <laughs> the turtles. There. We yeah.
2: saw them. He's yeah, so good. swam with hundreds of dolphins at one time. Oh my gosh. It
1: yeah, it I really is. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. So I
0: mean, all right. That's a testimony of what kind of Father do we serve?
1: He's good. He's mm-hmm. so good.
0: And oh, okay, so. Um, You go to to DTS, you go to Outreach. How do you get from there to now you're running a DTS or you're (laughs) running a community or, I mean... That's a little...
1: Yeah. That seems a little surreal um, (laughs) because, I mean, we came here just to our family and we're just like, okay, well, Lord, we'll we'll be obedient and we just...
2: In the everyday.
1: In the everyday. We want to hear your voice. We want to do what you say. And uh, then... Yeah, it, you know, I don't know. There was, it's like I said, it's kind of surreal. There's start teams because you know, miracles start happening. People are like, we're baptizing a, a ton of people. Uh, you know, not just
0: people. We're talking about baptizing Muslims. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Muslim background believers. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Which is rare.
2: Yeah, that's what we. hear. Oh, well, that's
0: what we hear. <laughs> but but you guys are seeing the fruit. I mean, God. Yeah. I mean, think about it. God already. God has already ordained these days. Yeah, yeah before so y'all were even. Like even I before any of this. Yeah. I keep uh
2: so
1: On my phone God, as my background.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> so good on that.
1: <laughs> this guy right here. Yeah. This is a right over. This is a guy on my phone. Um, the first guy shared the gospel with here. Like he wanted to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Like he asked for it. And so we walked, we left a refugee camp right over here. We walked through, we're walking by, uh, you know, different groups of guys that are sitting along the path that we're walking and that, that would ask, where are you going? He said, he wants to be baptized. Do you want to go with us and watch? And i like, yeah, we do. And mm-hmm. we just like this train of people just that was the first one. And so I keep that as kind of a memorial on my phone of, like, this is the first person we share the gospel with here. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a stone of remembrance. It's
1: a stone for of remembrance sure. for sure. Like, it's like, okay, Lord, you're doing this. You're really doing it.
2: That's exciting. It's so good.
0: Yeah. So you have been faithfully here under the hand of the Lord. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about what's going on beyond you like so now you're investing in younger folks yeah there are kind of tell me a little bit more about that space
1: yeah okay so the lord kind of he told us uh, there's so much here but in the interest of time he said he gave us two are a two-armed call one is what we're doing here in the on the ground and one is to be an encouragement to our brothers and sisters in the states mm-hmm. okay so yeah. that that was really what we felt and we've held on to those two arms mm-hmm. And uh, the opportunity came. The guy that was just here. Uh, um, well, let me back up. Before we did, we didn't do a fire and fragrance DTS. Before we left for Kona, there was a young lady we met with. She was a second year from BSSM and Reading. Yeah. She met with us, and she just said, "I think you're supposed to be with Fire and Fragrance." We're like well, oh, I mean, we've got a couple of weeks. I don't think we can change. So we didn't do a Fire and Fragrance <laughs> DTS, right. but we kind of ran parallel to them. Right. And then when we found out that a Fire and Fragrance team was coming through Berlin, we, they were only going to be here for a day. And we thought, okay, we'll maybe we Meet can work again. with them. So we met with, it was Derek was uh, leading that team. We go into, that we're here for one day. We go into Alexanderplatz. All we did, we weren't trying to draw a crowd. We were just going to worship Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we began worshiping two guys from Iran. Come directly to me and say, we have recently uh, begun to follow Jesus. And we don't know what that looks like. Can you help us? And like this, like all of a sudden, I knew this was going to be Uh, Somehow this is is all going to work. And I knew it was going to be with Fire and Fragrance. Mm -hmm. But we didn't say anything. We didn't have any relationships, really, per se. We just, we knew that team. And um, it was interesting. There was a a guy, he's in Kona, and I didn't know Andy Bird at the time. And so I... Get an email from, from one of these other leaders in Kona, and it says, his email has been hacked. Please, I'm changing my, my email. And on this, he didn't blind carbon everyone. Right, right. And I saw, my eyes saw Andy's email, and I, I just grabbed it, and I told the Lord, I won't send anything to him until you tell me. And one day, I felt like this was the time to ask, can you send a team? And when he sent the team, uh, it was uh, led by a German uh, guy, a Canadian girl, and a, a girl from Florida. Yeah. And, um, like, they came. They were here. Like, and we just knew, this is our family. Mm-hmm. This is our family. This is who we're going to, to run with. And,
2: uh, and it fell in line with that equipping and encouraging yeah. our brothers and sisters, sure not yeah. only in states, but um, elsewhere. We, yeah. we feel really strongly about that.
1: Absolutely. And uh, we just, it then became kind of more of a family relationship mm-hmm. and, you know, just developing longer relationships with these guys. And now, you know, hey, here they are
0: so- <laughs> They're living here. So uh, what would you say is um, like an encouragement or sort of, you know, what would you say to people in the States that are listening to this? You know?
2: Yeah, I think I would say two things. One is if my statement of sitting in a call resonates, if you feel like God is is calling you to something, but you're sitting versus kind of walking in mm-hmm. a call um, to get up just get up and take some, take some steps. If you don't know what that looks like, um, pray and trust that God still speaks and he will speak to you, um, and tell you where to go. If you just get up. Uh, the second is this, uh, is actually trusting the spirit as a guide, Mm -hmm. um, and not getting stuck in this cycle of Training and more training and more training and more training, but never feeling equipped. Mm -hmm. Um, But trusting the Holy Spirit to be a good and perfect guide and counselor. And just going out. We we even talk to our teams that come through about going out needy. It's actually what Luke 10 tells us to do, to go out needy. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. when we go out feeling like we are like this the Savior, and we've got it all, and we know it all, Um, it's a different picture versus going out needy and having to actually trust the Holy Spirit to guide you Mm -hmm. and to speak through your mouth Mm -hmm. and to use your hands and, and to show you His eye, give you His eyes and His ears and heart for the people around you.
0: So has that been your experience where you felt like the Lord has prepared you along the way or taught you along the way? Here, yeah,
2: absolutely, yes. I so actually just big. shared this with a family that is moving here, um, that they kind of feel a little ill-equipped, right. but they've been in the ministry for years.
1: Yeah. It's that feeling.
2: And it's a, it's a lie it's from a lie. the enemy. They're super equipped because they have the Holy Spirit in them. They have the living God in them. Mm. That's all we need.
1: And we're eager for them to move here so we can learn from them.
2: <laughs> it's so true. So, yes, I feel like I feel like coming here, um, I have been daily equipped by the yeah. equipper. Mm.
0: So I, when I was young, I heard the term, uh, all God wants are fat people. Faithful, available, teachable. Uh-huh. <laughs> and <good>. and <laughs> it seems like we all just want to be, you know, these experts. Yeah. And, and where we kind of reside in our own expert ability or yeah. knowledge. And, and it almost leave, leaves less room for God to work with because, quote, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the Lord is really more wanting somebody that's available because he's far more. Yeah better at timing and wisdom and and all the things that he brings that are anointed Mm -hmm. versus our sort of, Hey, well, I know, and this is what, and people are like, yeah, that's all right, but it didn't really help. so
2: true. (laughs) You know, I ministered to Muslim men and people want to know like what books have you read and and tell me all this stuff about Islam. And I don't know anything. I know some, (laughs) but I don't know. I have not read a book about Islam. There's a confession.
0: There you go. But
2: I love Jesus. With my whole heart. Yeah. And I trust the Holy Spirit. And He uses me to reach the hearts of men who are trapped mm-hmm. in Islam.
1: Yeah. Amen.
0: It, so that's a testimony right there. It really is. is. Yeah,
1: yes. <laughs> well, I learned this from Carrie. I think she exemplifies this probably better than anyone I know. Uh, but she taught me how to minister to people as a human first. Mm-hmm. So not looking at them as, is this a man or a woman? Am I going to relate to them as a man or a woman or relate to them as a Muslim or a Christian or Buddhist or Hindu or whatever, mm-hmm. but understanding that at their core, they're human. They're made in the image of God, and let's, let's deal with them at that level mm-hmm. because all the other stuff is just it's, it's noise. All of that stuff is just noise. But we've got to relate to people as humans first— and everything else falls into line.
0: That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so last words. For anything that you would well, last words. Probably put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> James. Anything James. That you would, <laughs> Things that you would want to communicate back to you know the folks that are listening.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I would say, get really, really clear on hearing the voice of God. It's He speaks. He's intimate. Jesus said, "My sheep." hear my voice, and they follow me. That means he's speaking and he's moving. And we just want to be with him. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him. he must be where I am. It sounds simple, but when you go and engage someone, you're looking... When we we talk about evangelism, really what we want is for them to have an encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because if they have an encounter with Jesus, everything else takes care of itself. You meet him, you love him. That's, that's just... That's the fact. And and so that's all we want to do. If we can help them meet him. But when we go and we help introduce others to Jesus, we meet him as well. Mm -hmm. We encounter him. Like even as a, you know, that's, that's what drives me to share Jesus with people is because I know when I do that, I engage Jesus as well. And, you know, it's, you know, is Jesus locked away in your quiet time? Yeah, he is. He can be. But more often than not, when I go talk to someone who doesn't know Jesus and they have an encounter with Jesus, those people encounter Jesus and then so do I. Mm -hmm. And so that's our heart. We really want every person, Mm -hmm. both the people we're ministering to and the people we're ministering with, to encounter Jesus. And that's, uh, yeah.
0: That's awesome. So, uh, you guys have got something coming up. You have a, a, a DTS Youth mm-hmm. with Mission DTS. Yes. When is that? When is that?
1: Okay. So it, yeah, it'll be the first uh, Fire and Fragrance DTS in Berlin, and it will start September of 2018. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, the accommodations locked in. We've got everything kind of uh, moving forward. We're super excited about it. Yes. We think it's uh, it's it's going to be a rare opportunity to be in the middle of the city to have the, the lecture and instruction and at the same time in close proximity go out and put this into practice while you're being taught
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then have that... Uh, from the software days, the iterative approach of... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, appreciate
0: that. Sorry. <laughs> to iterate on that. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well,
1: that's so, good. Yeah, we're excited about that. So 2018, uh, September 2018, and anybody that feels like, you know what, I want to go get my hands dirty ministering to refugees and learning how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, then... We say, come on, let's see what God does.
0: Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for for spending some time with me. Would you guys mind praying for for those that are listening? Mm -hmm. Just just, let's let's close out. Just pray whatever you feel like the Lord's leading, and then just we'll we'll call it a show. All
1: right. So, Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for every person that is listening here. I thank you so much for... um, I thank you so much for the men, the men that are are earnestly desiring to lead their families well and to know to know you, and uh, Lord, the, that um, just I ask that you would just break off the misunderstanding that it's them that provides for their family. Without you, Lord, they have no provision. You are the provider. They are not. And so, uh, Lord, I just uh, release them and I ask that you would just put a great spirit of permission in them. Permission to wildly follow after you. That they can say, my life is not over. That I haven't ended my life here. But uh, I have the ability to follow passionately after you. And I have the ability to give everything to you. And I just hear you Lord, even saying now that no one has left houses or lands or fathers or mothers or husbands or wives or anything for the sake of the gospel who won't be paid back so much more, both in this life and in the life to come. And Lord, we believe that this is true. And uh, we believe that this life that you have for us, it looks different than the life of the world. But Lord, it is so much more fulfilling. And we thank you so much for it. We thank you for what you're doing and we just bless the uh the harvest
2: yeah and in jesus name we say no to fear we say fear has no place in the people in the kingdom of god so fear has to go and holy spirit we thank you so much that you're a great comforter that you're a peacemaker God, we just thank you that you call your people to do great things. The scriptures tell us that all things are possible through you, God, and that will look like we have risky lives. So, God, we just pray for faith. We pray for love. We pray for hope. (laughs) We pray for that abundant life to become reality. And we believe it to be true in Jesus' name.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you were encouraged. If you would like more information about The Kindling Fire, just go to thekindlingfire.com. You know, the podcast is only one-fourth of all the cool stuff we've got going on. Uh, We have a seven-day devotional called Become a Sign and a Wonder. It's a video devotional that I send directly to your phone through Facebook Messenger. Uh, You can find out information about that at thekindlingfire.com slash wonder. Uh, Also, guests that come on the show are blogging every single week that I get to deliver directly to your inbox or through Facebook Messenger. Go to the website. You can find more information there and the blog. And the last thing we have is for entrepreneurs or anybody else that is starting something. uh, It's called the 30-Day Firestarter Challenge. Uh, There you can... You'll get 30-second videos for 30 days of inspirational quotes and scriptures that will really help get your fire started as you are trying to create and start something um, in your life. Thank you so much, and be awesome.